The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. We are on episode 205, and guess what, listeners? We're doing it a little different this week. We're taking it back old school. No guests, no interviews, just me talking to you. It has been way too long since we've done this. I miss this. I miss the one-on-one conversations with you, the listener, because we have a slate of guests coming up, and they're going to be awesome, and I'm excited to share them with you, but... I just thought to myself, it's been so long since we just sort of stopped from the regular format of doing the interviews, and I just had a chance to just talk to you one-on-one like the old days. Y'all remember the old days? Wasn't it great? And so I figured I would put some of the guest interviews on hold for another week, and we would just have a conversation because we sort of had a streak lately. I'd say we've probably gone like six, seven, eight months where we've just been doing interviews, where it's me interviewing a guest, and we've had some great guests on, and I love it. But in the old days, we used to do a lot more of these one-on-one conversations, you and me. And so I wanted to just try that again. And, it's, and by the way, I'm out of practice on it. I'm so out of practice on it. Like When I think about how much work goes into just sort of outlining these one-on-one conversations that you and I have as opposed to me interviewing somebody, it's a lot more difficult. You would think that doing an interview is harder because you have to kind of manage the dynamics with two people, but the work prep for a podcast where it's just one person talking, i.e. me, is so much harder because when you interview somebody, they do at least half of the talking. And so it kind of shoulders some of the load off and puts it on somebody else, but I'm not doing that this weekend. So I'm a little out of practice on just the solo show. And so I ask that you bear with me. Give me, <laughs> I, I got to get back on the bike here and it, and, and it might be like riding a bicycle. And I might be able to figure it out pretty quickly, but if, if I stumble a bit, if I seem a little out of practice, it's because I am out of practice. So bear with me listeners and it's going to be a good show. I'm excited for this. I have a, a cool topic that I want to talk about. I want to continue our discussion from last week about the case act and talk about how it affects indie artists. Cause I think the conversation that we did last week with Portia Saban, who is awesome, and I'm a big fan of hers. I love her podcast. I love what she's done with her career. I love that she has a PhD, which is super cool because it reminds me of my wife, who's also a PhD holder. She's great. I love Portia Saban, but I feel like her discussion of the Case Act was, you know, it, it wasn't a uh, it wasn't a balanced one because she has her own point of view on the Case Act. You know, she's very strongly in favor of it, and so I wanted to do an episode this week where we sort of provided a maybe a little bit of the other side of this case act issue and how it affects indie artists, maybe provide more of a both sides of the discussion. So we're going to do that a little bit this week, but first let me just sort of do a a kind of a, just a general state of the podcast where we are now, because we're at episode 205. And here's what a lot of you listeners might not know about break the business. I never thought that we would get to 205. When I first conceived of the Break the Business podcast back in 2015, my goodness gracious, I thought we were going to do 10 episodes. Honestly, I thought it was going to be 10 episodes because really, because what it was, was I wrote the Break the Business book back in 2015, something like that. 
And I started to think that, uh, you know, I kind of want to just build off some of the concepts from that book and I want to do it over audio because, you know, I did the written word and I want to try some podcasting and I thought I'm going to make 10 of these, maybe 15. And that was four years ago and now we're on episode 205 because what we've put together has just built this nice little community and I love talking with you guys and I love the relationships I've built and just everything that we've gotten to do with this. And and this is something I do completely free, by the way. You'll notice with this podcast, no ads, no sponsors. I do this as a public service because I love indie artists. I love working with you guys. I love talking with you guys. I love getting to talk with all these uh, fantastic music industry people like Portia Saban uh, and all the amazing guests we've had on this show. Uh, Jack Conte from Patreon, uh, Kevin Bruner from CD Baby, Mandy Harvey, you know, amazing artist who was on America's Got Talent. We've and, and so many more guests that I, I'm not naming. And you know, Ariel Hyatt is you know, awesome on this show. There's so many. There's so many of them. Go back and listen. We've had some really cool guests on the show, and I really enjoyed having those guests on because I've built a lot of friendships that I otherwise wouldn't have built. So I mean, don't let me get on my soapbox and be like, oh, I'm giving you guys a free podcast. You know, I'm I'm so charitable. No, I've gotten a lot out of this too. I've made relationships from this that I would have never been able to make if I didn't have this podcast. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you for supporting it. Thank you for encouraging me to take what was only going to be a 10 or 15 episode project and now got getting us to over 200 episodes with uh, many more on the horizon, we hope. So thank you, thank you. Uh, and if you feel like this is something that you've benefited from as much as I have, if you're listening to Break the Business and you're like, oh, I've, I really enjoyed this podcast, uh, how can I support you, Ryan? This is all I ask. This is all I ask. Throw me a rate, review, subscription on iTunes or SoundCloud or any of the places where our podcast is hosted. And there's a bunch of them. If you just search Break the Business podcast, we're on pretty much every platform. Throw me a nice rating a review, subscription, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends about the show. If you have indie artists that are friends of yours and they're looking for help, tell them about this podcast you know. Ryan Carella, he cares about indie artists. Uh, Listen to this podcast. It'll help move your career forward and go listen to some of the other 204 episodes he's done because chances are if there's a particular topic in your music career that you want to get better at, we had to have done at least three episodes about it at this point, whether it's music, marketing, publishing, uh, content creation, promotion, distribution, fundraising, whatever it is, we've talked about it since 2015. And you can go back and listen to those old episodes. So please encourage your friends to give a listen to this podcast, subscribe, like, throw us nice reviews so we can keep moving the podcast forward and spreading our good message. Other than that, the other way that would just mean a lot to me, uh, if you want to find a way to sort of give back to this podcast, is contribute in the form of sending us questions. If there are questions you want us to answer on the show, topics you want us to answer, people you want us to interview, let us know. Breakthebusiness at gmail.com is where you go. You can also let me know directly on Twitter. I am at Ryan K-A-I-R. That is my personal Twitter. Nobody runs that but me. If you send me a message on Twitter, I'm going to be the one responding. Because I love Twitter. I'm addicted to it. So, you know, that's you can find me there. Follow me on Twitter. I'll follow you back. We'll have some great conversations. We also have a podcast Twitter at the BTB Podcast where you can do the same kind of stuff. You want to follow stuff that's going on with the podcast. You know, we post funny things on that podcast uh, Twitter account. It's pretty fun. And uh, if you have questions about the show or topics you want us to talk about or anything like that, you can do it on there that as well. So, in conclusion, breakthebusiness at gmail.com is where you can email us. At Ryan K A I R, that's me on Twitter. 
at the BTP podcast. That's the podcast Twitter account. Show us some love, show us some support, and thank you for the love and support you've already given us as we've made our way to episode 205 with many more episodes to go. Okay, so this week, I'd like to continue our conversation about the CASE Act. So to catch you up, uh, if if you don't remember what we did last week or you didn't listen to last week's episode, I'm so heartbroken if you didn't. Now I'll move on. Last week, we talked about the CASE Act. We had Dr. Portia Sabin from the Music Business Association and formerly of Kill Rock Stars come on the show to talk about the CASE Act. She's a strong supporter of this law. And she, during the interview, she said some very positive things about the law. She thinks it's going to do a lot of great stuff for musicians and particularly indie artists. Uh, very strong supporter. And after that interview came out, I, a lot of people praised it. People love Portia Saban. People love her podcast, The Future of What. People love what she's done with Kill Rock Stars and what she's doing now at the Music Business Association. So I got a lot of praise for that interview, which uh, definitely helped my ego and probably hers as well. But I also got some emails from people saying that they were confused by the interview to the extent that they didn't know where I stood on the case act. So I got a couple of emails that said things like, well, if you had Portia Saban on and she was a strong supporter of the case act, does that mean that you, Ryan Corella, also support the case act? Where do you stand on this? And I had never meant for that interview to be an endorsement of my own views. What I wanted to do is bring on a smart person who had a point of view and give her a forum because that's what we like to do around here. But that doesn't mean it's my view. Um, and you know, I, I said, and so I think it's worth clarifying that just because I had a case act supporter on the show doesn't mean I myself am a supporter of the law. To be honest, I've read all the policy papers on the case act. I've read the entire law top to bottom after falling asleep several times while reading it because, you know, reading federal law is boring. And honestly, after doing that review, after talking to experts, I'm not sure how I feel about the law. My, my view is not as set in stone as Portia Sabin's is. I'm, I'm a little more on the fence about it. And I see the benefits. I do. I see what the law is trying to address. I see why, I see the evils that that law is trying to address. And I commend it for trying to do that. But I also see where the law lacks. I see the unintended consequences of a law like this. And so ultimately, my position on the CASE Act is nuanced. There are positives, there are negatives, and I'm not sure if the positives outweigh the negatives, but ultimately, and honestly, here's my real take on the CASE Act. Here's what I think it really comes down to, is I'm not convinced that the CASE Act is going to have as big of an impact on copyright law as some other people think. I think there are some folks, like in the Portia Sabin camp, who think this is going to be a huge win for copyright law and a huge win for artists. And then you have folks at the Electronic Frontier Foundation who think that the sky is falling and this is going to destroy copyright law and kill indie artists. And honestly, I, I'm not sure if either side's right. What I ultimately think is going to happen is that the law isn't going to have as big of an impact as we thought, and it's ultimately going to be underutilized. That not people are going to re- use the CASE Act as much as we think they will, so it's not really going to have as big of an impact. And also, I do think there is a decent legal argument that the whole law might be constant, unconstitutional, and the Supreme Court might throw the law out if it gets passed anyway. There is a decent constitutionality argument here to be made that, that, uh, that the law isn't constitutional, so it, it might all be a moot point, even if the law does get passed. But I digress. I think it's important for us Just take a step back. Let's talk about what the CASE Act is, what it's trying to do, 
And that'll more inform the discussion that I want us to have about the Case Act in terms of, is it going to really affect the lives of indie artists positively or negatively? So let, let's start with what the act is, okay? Let's say you, the indie artist, you created some kind of copyrighted material. Since we're talking to indie musicians out there, let's say you write a song. And then, oh no, someone steals your song. It happens. It's the world, man. It's the internet. Everybody's stealing stuff. And maybe they use it in a web video without your permission. Or they go and record your song on their own album and they don't pay you mechanical royalties. This stuff happens. And so you're saying, okay, somebody stole my song. I want justice. What can I do to make this person pay for what they've done for disrespecting my property rights? Well, the current way to handle copyright disputes, you know, the same way you'd handle any federal dispute. You go to federal court. And guess what? That's complicated. It's expensive. You have to hire a lawyer. There's an appellate process, which means it could take years before you get any kind of relief. It is a complicated mess to fight for your rights in federal court. So if somebody steals your song, it can be hard for you to find justice under the current system. I'm not disputing that. Take it from somebody who has to work with copyright law and federal law every day. Take it from somebody who took civil procedure his first year of law school, and it literally almost made him quit law school because of how complicated civil procedure is. You know, absolutely. Uh, we, I, I can agree that the current system has its flaws in that regard. And so now the CASE Act is coming along, and it wants to address these things by creating a separate administrative forum for copyright disputes, a different lane to bring, uh, to bring a copyright claim. So now instead of going to federal dispute, or going to federal court, where, again, it's complicated, it's expensive, it can take years for you to get relief, you can now, under the CASE Act, if it gets passed, take your dispute to a separate administrative panel at the Copyright Office. Think of, like, Judge Judy, where if somebody, you know, injures you, instead of going to state court, which can be complicated, you go on the Judge Judy TV show and Judge Judy handles your dispute and her rulings are final. So this is kind of like that. Uh, there's a separate panel at the Copyright Office that the CASE Act would create, and the procedures are very different in this panel. They're much less complicated. The disputes can take place over video conference, so you don't have to show up to an actual court. Uh, you can handle the dispute yourself. You don't have to pay a lawyer. And also, and so the you know, and, and the procedures are going to be less complicated, so you can get through a case uh and it's going to be a lot less confusing, a lot less expensive. And also, if you're in, if you love a procedure that lets you get relief more quickly, the Case Act procedure would limit a person's appellate options. In other words, uh, the depending on how the Case Act panel rules in your case, the ways that you can appeal that ruling are really limited, which means you're more likely to get a judgment quickly. But there are some catches. First. This Case Act panel is a voluntary forum, so if you try to tell that person who stole your song, we're going to the copyright court to, to figure this out, we're not doing federal court, we're going to go to this Case Act forum instead to fight this claim, they can opt out. They can say, no, I don't want to go before this panel, I don't want to go before the Judge Judy panel, I want you to, if you're going to fight me on this, we're going to do it in federal court because I'm not doing this. And they can do that. They can opt out and make you bring them to traditional federal court. So that's one catch. Second catch. The damages before this panel are limited. This Case Act forum is built to be a small claims panel. So whereas traditional copyright infringement disputes can be in the hundreds of thousands or even millions of dollars in damages, when you take a case before this Case Act panel, the damages are limited to $15,000 per work or a $30,000 total recovery. So this is only small claims. So that's how the Case Act works. Voluntary forum, 
easier for them, fewer complications, fewer appeals, get justice quicker. That's the idea. So is this something that's good for indie artists? Well, let's let's acknowledge the current state of affairs. If somebody steals your work now, you're basically screwed under the current system because it's really hard to get justice for copyright infringement unless somebody infringes the hell out of your copyright and you have a lot of potential damages to collect. Because as we said before, typical copyright litigation that happens in federal court, it's complicated. It's expensive. You got to hire a lawyer and you're not going to be able to afford one unless the potential damages are high enough that it's worth your time and the lawyer's time to do the case. So uh, under the current state of affairs, if somebody infringes your work and it's only like $5,000 in damages, you're probably not going to have any way to fight them on it because you're not going to take them to federal court by yourself and a lawyer might not be willing to fight your claim for you for such a small dollar amount. So now the CASE Act is going to come along and it's going to say, we're going to fix that because we're going to make this special administrative forum available to you. It does nothing but handle small copyright claims. We got simpler procedures. You don't got to hire an expensive lawyer. It's going to be cheaper to fight your claim. And we're going to get you a favorable ruling faster if your claim is legitimate because the procedures are streamlined and the ways that a person can make appeals are limited. So does that sound good? Does So does that mean we should be welcoming the Case Act with open arms? Is it really going to be a big win for indie artists? Well, I, I will concede that certainly lots of folks think so. Portia Sabin, our guest last week, she certainly thinks so. A lot of organizations like the Copyright Alliance think so. The American Bar Association, the Authors Guild, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, they all favor the uh, CASE Act. And nearly the entirety of the U.S. House of Representatives seems to support the CASE Act as they voted 410 to 6 to send this bill to the Senate where it currently resides. And I don't want to discount that. Like, think about how polarized our legislature is with Democrats and Republicans. The fact that they could get 410 members of Congress on both sides of the aisle to agree on anything, like you couldn't get 410 members of Congress to all agree that ice cream is delicious, and they managed to get 410 members of Congress to agree to vote for the CASE Act. So it has a lot of support, and there are a lot of people that think that this law is going to really have a positive effect for content creators. But that being said, I'm, I'm just not sure if I share their optimism. I agree. As I said before, there are really big problems with the way that copyright disputes are handled now. And those problems exist for the same reason that these problems exist in all forms of civil litigation. Federal civil litigation is long. It is messy. It is expensive. It is complicated. You need lawyers. It can take years. Believe me, this is something I, I have a very intimate relationship with. I have a client in my entertainment practice who is involved in a civil case where he's absolutely not at fault. He absolutely did the right thing. Any person who I would tell the facts of the case to, who I'm not going to, by the way, because, you know, privilege and everything, but if I told you the facts of this case, you would say, of course your client is not at fault. Of course this should be thrown out. This seems so obvious to me. But I'll tell you, listeners, that client who's in this civil case, has been in it for almost a decade, and there's no signs of it ending anytime soon because that's the way civil litigation is in this country. It's long, it's messy, it's expensive, it's complicated, and even people who have legitimate claims or people who have legitimate defenses, it can still take them a very long time to get through the system. So I get all that, you know, but I also don't think 
that the CASE Act in the copyright space is going to just magically fix those problems. I mean, don't forget, the CASE Act is still a voluntary a form of adjudication. If someone steals your work, that person who stole your work can always elect to make you sue them in typical federal court anyway. Because they'll probably want the, and why would they do that? Because they want the forum that's going to be complicated and messy and take them years for you to find justice. They want to force you to go slow. They want to make it difficult for you to fight for your rights because they don't want to pay you anytime soon. They want to make you go, oh my God, this is too annoying. This is too expensive. This is too complicated. I'm just going to give up. Forget it. And so you're going to, and, and so a lot of people who you might want to try to bring into a case act case you know, this small claims case, they're going to opt out. And you're going to see this a lot if a big business steals your work, by the way. Because the big businesses, they have the team of lawyers. They have the army of attorneys that can handle the complicated proceedings. And so, and they have enough money that they can sweat you out and make you go through years of litigation and appeals and make you go, oh, screw it, I give up. And so, because the case act is voluntary in that way, it's, it's not like, you know, there's still going to be a lot of cases where you're not going to be able to find justice quickly. So if, you're, if your hope is that the CASE Act is going to just make everything a lot simpler and faster and, and get disputes done a lot quicker in the copyright space, I just don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be an underutilized form of handling disputes for that reason. So if you're thinking the CASE Act is going to be a big win for small creators, I'm just skeptical. You know, I honestly think that with all the debate going on with this law right now, I think what's going to wind up happening is that just it's just not going to be used that much. Most defendants are going to opt for just going to regular federal court because they want to make things complicated and difficult for you to fight for your rights. Um, and aside from all that, I also do share the concern of a lot of organizations like the Electronic Frontier Foundation that the CASE Act is going to give rise to copyright trolling and make us all more vulnerable to copyright claims. So what do I mean by this? Why, why does the CASE Act create the more, more prospect for copyright trolling? Well, whether you know it or not, every one of us commits copyright infringement every day. And maybe you're saying, no, I don't. I respect the rights of creators. And I'm sure you do, and I do too. But just because of the way that life works, because of the way the internet works, we've all committed copyright infringement all the time. Have you ever forwarded somebody's email text without their permission? That's copyright infringement. Have you ever shared a photo online or shared an internet meme without permission? That could be copyright infringement. How, how kids out there, those of you making TikTok videos, because TikTok's the thing now, have you ever used audio clips in your videos that you haven't been given permission to use? Well, guess what? You may have very well violated federal copyright law too. So if, if all of us are violating federal copyright law every day, why aren't all of us going through, why aren't we all being sued right now? Why aren't we all being, why aren't we all facing copyright lawsuits every single day? Well, it's because of the reasons that I talked about before. It's really complicated to file a lawsuit in federal court. It's expensive. It's difficult. It's complicated. You have to hire a lawyer. And that difficulty means that most of us aren't going to be harassed with these lawsuits of just day-to-day -day copyright claims. We're not going to be attacked by copyright trolls because of how complicated the litigation system is. But the CASE Act could change that. When you make it easier to bring copyright claims, which I think we all agree is you know, fundamentally a good thing. If, if a person has a legitimate claim, we want them to be able to bring it. But when you make it easier to bring legitimate claims, you also make it easier to bring frivolous claims. And do I think we're going to all get 
sued for sharing memes tomorrow if the CASE Act passes? Probably not. But it will make it easier for these copyright trolling stock photo companies to go after people using by using the CASE Act when those people mistakenly post images that they find on Google image searches. And sure, you can opt out of those proceedings and demand a federal court hearing, but a lot of lay people aren't going to know the opt-out rules and they may get stuck facing a five-figure lawsuit because of the way the CASE Act is built. And, you know, and, and you say, okay, well, if you get, let's say you get roped into a CASE Act proceeding, at least it's not going to be as difficult. You don't need a lawyer. Well, I don't really understand that argument because, yeah, like you don't, you know, maybe you don't need a lawyer for a small claims CASE Act proceeding, but you technically don't need a lawyer in a federal proceeding either. You can represent yourself. It doesn't mean it's a good idea. And you can rep yourself, represent yourself in a CASE Act proceeding. It doesn't mean it's a good idea. Law, copyright law is complicated. You might always want a lawyer by your side. And lawyers are expensive. So even if the lawsuit's five figures, that's not counting the, count, the, the cost of legal representation. So, you know, it, it, there, there's a big risk for something like this. And as I said before, the whole thing might be unconstitutional. So this might all be a moot point anyway. Either way, this is a complicated law. And the people who support this law, I see where they're coming from, and I definitely understand their arguments. And the people who are against this law, I do see where they're coming from, and I also understand their arguments. And it's going to be complicated. So what I would tell you all to do as listeners is read, become informed, learn about this and all of the laws that affect indie artists, and listen to podcasts like this one and a lot of the other ones out there that want to make you all more informed music musicians and music business professionals. Thank you all for listening this week. I really enjoyed this. We got to do this kind of stuff more often. I love doing the interviews. I love bringing some of the best people in the music industry for interviews to talk to you guys each week, but I like these conversations as well. I like talking to you one-on-one. So thank you all for listening. We will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Break the Business Podcast.